Hello, Kristen here with a new thing. Okay, so the bad news. We can't all move to Canada if Trump wins. The good news is that we can face whatever is coming together. And the antidote is for facing it together. It's for monthly gathering where we practice building resilience in the body long before November 5th. So you're going to practice returning to your body, your breath, and your being when the stakes are really low, when we're just in a Zoom room together, so that you build those muscles and they're easier to access when you really need them. And in case of a Trump win, you will really need them. And in case of a non-Trump win, you'll have them forever and it will be great regardless. <laughs> you can find all the details at jointheantidote.com, J-O-I-N-T-H-E-A-N-T-I-D-O-T-E.com. Promo code TRUST takes $33 off before March 12th because trust. Again, that's jointheantidote.com. Enjoy the episode and I'll see you on the other side. Welcome to That's What She Said. Uh, the internet has eaten my previous version via a series of unfortunate events. So we're going to do this again, and it's going to be better than the one that got eaten by the internets. First things first, uh, Sales Boost is here. It's an experiment with Bear, my partner Bear, not Bear, a Bear, coach of last week. Uh, and we we hit up ways for you to make more money doing exactly the same thing that you're doing now. So Bear Secret Shops you. I take a look at your average sale, your pricing. We look at all of your communication with clients, all that good stuff. And we figure out simple, strategic, straightforward ways to make more money. Thus, it is called a sales boost. There are three of those spots available at the time that I'm recording, which is like 10 days before this airs. So perhaps they are gone, perhaps they are not. You can check. Uh, It's in the menu at kristenkelp.com, sales boost. It's in my Instagram links. Uh, if it's still there, you can get on it. And it's $5.99, which I feel is a damn bargain. So there you go, sales boost. Also, Kimonami is magically, wonderfully available for the Coming Together course. I believe that registration is closing soon. Um, so you want to head to the sex episode, take a look, hit all the buttons, go to the places, and get yourself into the Coming Together course. And now it doesn't count if you don't enjoy it. So a thing that I've noticed when I'm talking with anyone, but in particular people that I'm allowed to say things to, like my coaching peeps, um, is that fun is hard and enjoyment is often really hard to come by. So most people would rather work even harder to get to the next thing than to spend any time at all enjoying what they've already worked so hard to make happen. 
If I ask you to work 30 hours next week in the name of living a better life, sorry, 30 more hours, not 30 hours total, uh, most of you would do it. Like, yeah, of course you could work harder. Of course, if there's some sort of magic thing that's going to happen when you add 30 hours, great, you could do it. But if I say, okay, well, would you be willing to have 30 orgasms next week in the name of living a better life? Solo, partnered, whatever, the details are not important. Um, most people would shrink back and find a reason to run multiple miles in the other direction, even though you've only got as far as downloading the Couch to 5K app in your running plans. So secretly, if you want to become a runner that just masters like 5K instantly, I think it's probably just running away from me asking you to have more orgasms. Pleasure scares the shit out of us as a society and out of you individually. So it makes sense because as a society, if you feel pleasure, you might feel gratitude. And if you feel satisfied with what you have, you might strive less. And if you strive less, then you might not care about capitalism as much or about your income as much. And if you don't do that, then you might just love your life. And what is there to sell if you love your life? Um, so I get it. And also, fuck that. <laughs> like, we do not need pleasure to scare the shit out of us. Uh, I think one of the reasons we fear pleasure is because the pleasure police. And this is not a hypothetical situation. This is an actual thing that happened. Uh, a woman in the diner that Bear and I visit each morning started in on a diatribe on just Sunday morning, or just minding her own business, uh, about how the girls at that booth over there had been just sitting for 20 minutes, talking to each other when there was clearly a line and they should hurry up and how dare they. Despite her attempts to become some sort of influencer and gain us as followers for her unnecessary complaints, we didn't engage. So she turned to her partner to spend the next 10 minutes complaining about the audacity of two teen girls enjoying one another's company. And it turns out like eating in public is serious business, right? <laughs> so some people take on this role, um, the self-appointed role of the pleasure police, but one, they are generally harmless and two, they are often hypocrites. If you can link into the part that's a hypocrite, that just rolls off your back and you can enjoy it. There's no need to fear these people. That same woman then sat for, I counted, 18 minutes at her table after finishing her food, talking to her partner while there was a line. So she did the same thing she had complained about, but she also made us miserable in the process. Awesome. Great job, right? So we don't have to fear the pleasure police. And further, life doesn't count if you don't enjoy it. Um, that concept was first introduced to me, I'm going to say about four years, five, four, four years ago, I was at a seminar and Rob Bell said this about kids, quote, your first job is to enjoy them, end quote. No one had ever said that about parenting or having children ever. And of course, my parents didn't believe that. Like your first job is to feed them, um, make them go to bed on time, make them do their homework, make sure they run outside for a while. Like your first job is not just to enjoy them. And it applies to everything. Enjoy kids, enjoy work, enjoy life. What about striving and making and accomplishing and achieving and gold stars and moving up the ladder and changing the world and, 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 there are so many ands. Um, it doesn't count if you don't enjoy it. It being anything. It just doesn't count. Uh, to put this another way, let's talk about pleasure activism. In her book of the same name, Adrienne Marie Brown says, quote, 
Pleasure activism is the work we do to reclaim our whole, happy, and satisfiable selves from the impacts, delusions, and limitations of oppression and or supremacy. Pleasure activism asserts that we all need and deserve pleasure and that our social structures must reflect this." End quote. I particularly part, enjoy the part where we reclaim our satisfiable selves because so much of us is insatiable and is, is pushed toward uh, via marketing and via every external info, influence ever to not be satisfied, to keep striving, to want more, bigger, better. And that what that does, there's healthy striving and then there's also like that cuts you off from what you already have. So go pick up a pl- copy of Pleasure Activism. Again, Adrienne Brie Brown, she's amazing. And then we'll continue. You can have the most beautiful home on earth, and if you are scrolling for 10 hours a day, you're wasting it. We all know that the president has billions-ish dollars, and he's the most miserable on earth. He's wasting it. You can have the most magical children in the universe, and if you're always halfway planning tomorrow's social media posts or worrying about unread emails or clients, you're wasting them. Work will always be there. Today will not. I say this not to shame you or to be weird or to be holier than thou or any of that shit, uh, but to remind you that you're allowed to enjoy what you've worked so hard to create. Because I know you, you're my people. You don't talk to me much, but you're there. Like podcasts, downloads are going way up and I get just as many emails as ever, which is like none. So feel free to email me. But you have worked so hard, in many cases, just to be here, just to be alive, because you battle mental health issues, depression, anxiety, all the things. I get it. You've worked so hard to be here. You've worked so hard to find clients, to keep them happy, to get funding, to stay afloat, to keep your family alive, to keep your body alive, keep your relationships alive, to even be able to feel your body, and to keep growing, even though life lessons are absolute bullshit and no one wants them. I see you, and what you have right now in this moment doesn't count if you don't enjoy it. Enjoyment and pleasure are habits you can create starting right now for about zero dollars a day and a couple of minutes. So please don't freak out and tell me how busy you are and how dare I tell you that you should have more fun, more orgasms, or more pleasure. Please notice that reaction, that like deeply triggered and or deeply shamed reaction, because that's exactly what you've been socialized into, and that's exactly what we're working to overcome. You are not meant to live as a productivity machine, a profit machine, a making machine, a a baby-making machine, a taking-care-of-people machine, or a machine of any kind, any machine. You are not that. You are a human. As a human, you deserve space in your life for beauty and pleasure. And there's a generosity of spirit at work here that most people, particularly women, will extend to others but deny themselves. I have friends who earn sweet, sweet salaries at corporate jobs, but they don't take their fully paid, protected by law, one-hour lunch break. Why? Almost everyone I know views taking a nap as sheer indulgence and luxury and, oh, I can't. But also, scrolling on Instagram for that same half an hour is fine. We do not have to feed ourselves scraps and crumbs and pretend life isn't for enjoying in order to get ahead or prove ourselves or avoid the disdain of the pleasure police. In other words, we're allowed to have fun, goddammit. If you've lost sight of what fun and pleasure look like or how you might begin, because I get it, that's possible. I've got some places to start right now. 
And some of these might be for you. Some of these might be like, oh God, I can't do that. I get it. You don't have to do all of them. You never have to do all of them. But let's start somewhere, right? First, notice the here and now. The here and now means you actively disengage from ruminating on the past or planning from the, for the future, even just two minutes in the future, uh, in order to notice what is currently. Go all Ram Dass and be here now. Take in the sensations of your body and breath, as well as your surroundings. I did this exercise to write for you when I was making this and noticed that I feel awake this morning since I slept well for the first time in a few nights. I also noticed that my new sandals make foot farting sounds every time I walk, like it's really weird, which makes me giggle. Um, the pink trees are blossoming and I whispered thank you to a few of them. My favorite seat in my favorite cafe is open and I'm sitting in it. Uh, I'm lucky enough and privileged enough to have a car and control over my own schedule in order to be here in the first place. I'm enjoying the woman eating a scone and sipping her coffee outside in the beautiful weather, no screen in sight, and the three-footed dog that just wandered by with her tail wagging wildly. Also, the scruffy dog and the enormous dog, all the dogs. So just being capable of sitting in the moment and noticing is a tremendous amount of pleasure that costs nothing except your presence. Next, give yourself gold stars. This one is for the overachievers, the straight-A students, the nerds, and the rule followers. This is not a metaphor or a euphemism. Give yourself gold stars. You can pick them up at the office supply store and they cost a couple of bucks. Um, make a chart full of pleasurable activities and add one every time you have fun or enjoy yourself. Now again, do not make this super rigorous, like you have to take 30 baths in 30 days or you're fucked, right? Just play with shifting everything pleasurable from being forbidden to being something that you can justify for the sake of getting gold stars. They make it okay. That's great. So whether you want to take a bingo approach, you want to take more baths, you want to have more massages, you want to turn your phone off, you want to schedule white space, meditate, sit outside, read books, make stuff, or watch GDTV, or all of those things, great, just write them down and then cover your life with gold stars. This absolutely works because we are the overachievers. We are the dreamers of dreams. <laughs> so just go enjoy it and gold star yourself for stuff that is not difficult or awful or impossible or hard. For stuff that is light and enjoyable and fun and delightful and that makes people smile back at you. Next, stop working when you're done working. Now, if you do not work for yourself or own a business, you will find that insulting. But if you have a business, you'll be like, ah, yes. Uh, we are taught to hustle and to use our time wisely. And we are taught to maximize efficiency and productivity at the expense of all else. We somehow twist that into believing we should be on social media, quote unquote, for business before we finish for the day. Or we should be hitting refresh on our inbox instead of just being done, period. So quit when your to-do list is done. And if your to-do list is never done, quit when it is time to be done because you choose the boundaries there and you can be done when you say you're done. Quit when you run out of juice, which is usually before you would quit when you say you're done. And quit when you start mindlessly scrolling or checking email or whatever it is that you do that signifies that you are done, even though you haven't admitted it yet. And again, in case you think I'm judging those two paragraphs, um, took me at least four years to learn. So don't beat yourself up if you're in the habit of quote-unquote working by sitting at a screen, but please start powering down and doing non-screen activities when you've finished for the day or when your brain runs out of juice. 
Also, it's okay if the work you do is not on a screen. Like, if you're a painter, paint. If you're a writer, write. If you're a photographer, take photographs. Not everything can happen on a screen. Next up, take a one-hour lunch break. Particularly if you have a corporate job where it's paid for anyway, you have just, I don't, I don't want to hear it. Let your coworkers look at you funny. Just start a fucking revolution. Invite people out with you. Invite the whole office out with you. And that way no one's there sending emails trying to get ahead of everybody else. Um, you can take a walk or sit in the park or sit in a broom closet for all I care. You can make your own meal. You can buy a meal. That's not the important part. You can watch Netflix or talk to a friend or just give yourself white space. I don't care what you eat and I don't care where you eat it or how you eat it. I just care that you start to reclaim this built-in break to replenish yourself. And again, not judging. I totally want to give up. I don't want to give up my momentum when I'm working, but my body like 11:45 a.m. hits and my body's just like, "Ooh, I have no more thoughts." Um, yeah, because my body requires food. And taking a break to eat means I usually catch up on a show, get myself some nutrition, and give my mind a break from typically the writing that I've been doing in the morning. It's great. Make a list of things to do that are enjoyable but not screen-based. Then do them. Again, you can interpret this as insulting. Or you can realize that I've had to do this time and time again to break up with my screens. This is me sharing what's worked, not looking down on you from some sort of weird pedestal because this took another year or two to put into play. Like, I love reading, but I somehow treated reading as something special that could only happen before bed. And likewise, I love painting, but I treated painting as a treat for special occasions or for when I was super, like, PMSy and just needed to express rage instead of treating it like an everyday activity that I could do whenever I wanted. You have these types of activities too, like I guarantee it. The sewing or painting or reading or making or baking that's only for special times or alternating Tuesdays or your birthday. Um, yeah, just, just do those things. Where can you treat being alive as a special occasion? What would you be doing if you had suddenly had all day childcare, partner care, dog care, cat care, health care, no to-dos, and a whole day to yourself. Those are clues. Start doing those things now because none of this effort counts if you don't enjoy it. Further, you can differentiate between rest and laziness. They are not the same. No athlete on earth can train for eight hours a day on every day of the week. Muscles need rest. No mother on earth can love her child for 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. You can capital L love them, meaning you don't kill them, but little L love them, that also means liking them. That's just not possible, because mamas need rest. No entrepreneur on earth can churn out amazing and wonderful work five days a week, eight hours a day, 52 weeks a year. Makers need rest. Rest and laziness are not the same. You aren't lazy if you take time to notice flowers and trees and dogs wagging their tails instead of sticking your face in social media and quote-unquote influencing. You aren't wrong for enjoying a film instead of knitting, clipping coupons, or keeping your hands busy as you watch. Also, with regards to keeping your hands busy, why do women do this? How crazy is it that we can't enjoy 90 minutes of storytelling for its own sake? To put it another way, doesn't the team of individuals who made the film deserve for it to be watched with your full attention? 
further ways that you are not lazy. You are not lazy if you fully enjoy your weekends by unplugging and ignoring your inbox. You aren't lazy if you do the items on your to-do list and no more. You aren't lazy if you're fighting an illness or chronically ill and have to lie down or rest or nap or sleep or stop working. We spend more time working, planning for work, and thinking about work than any other humans in the history of the world while also convincing ourselves that we are lazy and useless. Let's give up on that asshole brain script altogether. Next, make a spend this on you fund and then spend it. So notice how these tasks are getting harder and harder. That is on purpose. To make a spend this on you fund perfectly clear, you set aside money that is only for you and then spend it. When you choose to uh, head to kristenkelp.com slash podcast and leave gratitude and support monies, that goes directly into the spend this on you fund. That will never be spent on maintaining my... Um, fucking domains and services and all the bullshit that happens in the business to keep it running. That is pure spend this on you money. A spend on you money uh, fund frees you to do activities that you dream of or fantasize about but somehow never find a way to fund. Suddenly there's money for that massage or more books or going to a float tank or hiring a sitter to give you white space so you can do absolutely nothing for the day. There's money to buy that magical outfit you pass in the street. And those shoes look fantastic on you, by the way. A spend on you fund dog ears money that you would normally throw out at your kids, your pets, your partner, and or your business instead of spending on yourself. This is the easiest way I know to be sure you don't end up earning more money than ever or having a success, a business that is more successful than ever while giving yourself less and less of that income to enjoy and typically less time to enjoy it. And a note on this, I have seen people that if you just want to go like a weekend retreat for yoga, typically people, and by people I mean women, will say, no, that's not worth it. But if that same thing is labeled as, and then you'll get a certificate at the end that you can apply to your business, they will say yes. Can we please break that pattern? You do not have a certificate. You do not need to get a certificate in order for something to be worth it. You can just go and enjoy it and have fun and love it and fill your fucking heart up with everything good and delightful and that is more than worth it. Next, turn your phone off. One more time for those in the back, this is not a judgment or an insult. It is an actual option that we modern day humans do not consider an option. I know you can put your plane in airplane mode, you can put your phone in airplane mode, and yes, you can set your calls to do not disturb, and those two options are not the same as turning that shit off and doing something else entirely. No notifications, no buzzing, no calls, and no possibility of those things, because the app in your brain that's always sort of half listening for your phone to buzz or beep or call or whatever uh, just turns off. Your phone doesn't have to be your default activity, and this, turning it off, is the first step toward making that a reality. If you need more help breaking up with your phone, pick up Space. It's a 21-day email course that starts whenever you're ready, and you'll typically cut your phone usage time by about 50%. And for most people, that's about two hours a day that you get back to actually enjoy. And it's 69 bucks, so is that worth it? Yes, is the answer. You can pick it up at kristenkelp.com space. Next, leave your phone behind. Yes, I am suggesting you leave the house without your phone. 
This might require a new wallet that doesn't hold both items or warning your closest peeps that you'll be unreachable or forwarding your phone calls to someone responsible so you don't miss a call from a business colleague or the school nurse or principal or whomever you're expecting. Uh, I'm suggesting you do whatever it takes to live a day without your phone. Please remember that this was the case 100% of the time, as little as 15 years ago, and we humans have been around for countless millennia, so don't tell me it's impossible. You're only out of practice. And it is a fairly radical act to be like, phone, I don't, I don't have one, it's, no, I don't have it with me. And again, if this sounds crazy, pick up space at kristenkelp.com space. This is doable. Next up, just because you sat it down doesn't mean you can't pick it up again. So much of my coaching work is helping peeps reclaim parts of themselves that they've jettisoned or given up on forever. Like, and these are actual statements, I have a degree in art, but I haven't made a thing in years. Or I used to really love writing, but I'm too out of practice for that now. The things you love never really leave you. They may go dormant or quiet, but they're still there. You have talents, so many talents, latent within you, and you could start using them anytime you choose. I suggest now. What would your 18-year-old self be proud of you for doing or trying today, right now? What would your six-year-old self add to the agenda? Hint, there would be no screens for your six-year-old self. What would you like to be proud of yourself for starting 10 or 20 years from now? And finally, of all of those, you just don't know, what will your six months from, self, six months from now self appreciate? I want you to start there, preferably with the option that scares you most and one that is pleasurable. So this is not, oh man, I gotta... I gotta lose weight and then I gotta make a new thing and then pump it out and then like, no, what would be fun? What would be light? What would be pleasurable? What would be great? What would you be like, holy shit, I did that. That's where you start because that's where the life is. That's where the joy and vitality are. That's what makes the whole thing run. Next and finally, you can create a three hour work day twice a week. What if Instead of working and working and working and working for eight to 10 hours a day, you let yourself have two incredibly focused, short and distraction-free days twice a week. This is the great experiment that might make you scoff, freak out, call me horrible names, or stop paying attention, but doing it will revolutionize your whole damn world. If you are anything like the clients who have paid me lots of money to tell them to do this, you will find that you get lots done, you will feel more satisfied with your output, and you will generally be surprised by your own brilliance. Instead of checking email without answering, scrolling through your usual online haunts, endlessly procrastinating, ignoring inquiries, shuffling through your to-do list instead of doing anything, or planning countless activities you are never actually going to do, you will get to work. Because there is no time for dicking around. There's no time for all the stuff that you do that sort of fills time that makes you feel less guilty about how much work you do or do not have. I've been secretly doing this for years now, and I can tell you that no one has ever appeared in my home to tell me that I now owe the entrepreneurial police 10 hours a week times 50 weeks for the last three years. Instead, I've enjoyed those 1,500 hours in which I wasn't wasting time trying to look busy or fill dead air with fake, quote-unquote, productivity. 
Ultimately, you don't have to earn being alive. As Bear Bear stated in our last podcast, capitalism assigns value to everything in the world, then aims to sell it. But being alive is priceless, and you've already got it. You're already here, goddammit. You don't have to earn your next breath, and you cannot produce your way to feeling better about what your heart wants. You are here. Enjoy it. Please. And then one more because it came up this weekend and I wanted to tell you about it. Um, Helping others can be a tremendous pleasure. I didn't add this to the regular list because if your default mode is people-pleasing, denying your own needs, or some other more complicated form of martyrdom, just stop. Just ignore this entirely. Otherwise, to get way more pleasure out of life, help someone. I recently passed a sign that said a local church would be boxing 15,000 meals for those in need on Sunday afternoon, so I grabbed a friend and made her go with me. Somewhere around meal 7,000, like funnels pouring, queen blasting, kids running around with bins and soups and sealers and scales, all of us wearing these bright red hairnets that are flattering to absolutely no one, um, I sunk into a deep and genuine sense of gratitude and fulfillment. I can't fix even the smallest decimal pointy percentage of the world's problems, but I can find ways to help. So I'm standing there adding dehydrated vegetables to soup packets that have to be sealed for the thousandth time, and that felt better than every single phone call, email, and digital petition I've signed in the last few years. Pleasure is often a real, tangible thing that can only be felt in the flesh and blood life beyond our screens. And frankly, helping people is pleasurable as fuck. Now get out there and feel everything, okay? Because it doesn't count if you don't enjoy it. Thank you so much for listening. And may you realize the depth and breadth of everything you already have. May you enjoy all of it. And may you find new ways to layer joy and pleasure and love and just fucking deliciousness into your life. And may you stop feeling shame or guilt or remorse for enjoying all that the good side of the spectrum of humanity has to offer. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next week. you for listening. If you do not want to do this election season alone with your phone, I encourage you to check out jointheantidote.com. It's new, it's fantastic, and promo code TRUST takes $33 off until March 12th. So get on it. Again, jointheantidote.com. J-O-I-N-T-H-E-A-N-T-I-D-O-T-E.com. Join the antidote.